don't care how late you stay out. Stay out as late as you want. You want to borrow the new car? You want to borrow my credit card? Kids today, they really have it rough. I have no idea where we are or where we're going. I mean, when I was their age, life was easy. Super easy. Why haven't you gotten a tattoo yet? How come you don't have any piercings yet? Yep, we're lost. We are completely lost. Ooh, sports. It, it, just do whatever the mechanic says to do. Vehicle maintenance is completely overrated. Look, whatever the mechanic is asking, just pay him. Pay him whatever he wants. I wish they had soap operas at night. I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. Well, what about the creepy guy with the motorcycle? He's cute. Yeah, sure. Spring break in Tahiti sounds fun. Hey, make sure you get all your video games done before you start your homework. You don't have to pass all your classes. What? You have a project due tomorrow and you've known about it for four weeks and you haven't started yet? Sweet! Doesn't anybody want to know if we're there yet? Remember, if you need anything between midnight and 4 a.m., please come wake me up. Hey, I'm on the phone. Could you bring the baby over and let him climb all over me? Hey, hey, can you please turn that music up? Well, we just stopped for lunch 10 minutes ago, but yeah, let's stop again. I never have trouble with my toddler. I never have trouble with my teenagers. I never have trouble with my adult children. You know, she's right. We are ruining her life. Yes, more homework to correct. All right, whining. Yay, tantrums. Mmm, vomit. We just really need to spoil these kids more. Sorry, buddy. I don't know any good jokes at all. You're 16. You pretty much know everything now. I think 18's a great age to get married. Okay, remember, make sure you turn on all the lights before you leave the house. Hey, could you leave the front door open for a couple hours? Thanks. Money really does grow on trees. Aren't fathers good? That's, that's funny. Um, I, I think in our culture, there are uh, both good and negative things that people think about fathers. Um, some people have had, have had a bad relationship with their father. And when they, when they think about fathers, they're like, uh, they're not a fan, right? Uh, I think, though, in the context of a Christian family uh, where a father has submitted his heart to Jesus and is following after him, fathers are an amazing and essential part of God's plan. Amen. Um, I wanted to be a father uh, pretty much my whole life. I felt like I've had the temperament. I love kids. I would babysit. And I, and I couldn't wait to be a dad. I'm like, yes, fatherhood. I'm going to be great. It's, it's kind of like making your own best friend. And for some people, that is true. <laughs> Others, it is not. <laughs> Uh, um, I remember the day that I realized that father, being a father maybe isn't what I possibly thought it was, was when I, uh, me and my wife, I think, um, on, I think it was an anniversary, decided to go to the circus. 
Ooh, I have a playful heart. And so I love the circus. So, so we went to the circus, and I was enjoying it, eating popcorn, and like, this is amazing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting. I'm like waiting in my seat. And then all of a sudden, I get smacked in the back of the head uh, by a little kid. A kid kicked me real hard. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. I'm just going to ignore it. And the kid keeps kicking me, kicking me, kicking me. And then I look. I'm like, he's being held by his dad while he kicks me. And I look at him, and the dad has this face of living death, like on uh, just like this, like. And I look at him, and he does this motion. <laughs> it's like, what has that man seen <laughs> that has caused this in his life? And then I'm like, uh-oh. Kids may be harder than I think. And yes, um, kids uh, are harder than you think. And um, I think they're rewarding just like work, I mean, in a different sense, but similar, just like working out is rewarding. Working out is tough. Losing weight is tough. Getting in shape is tough. Running a marathon is tough. When you get to the end of the marathon, you can look back and be like, that was amazing. I got through it. <laughs> you know, kids are tough and it takes work. Um, there's a, a favorite verse of mine. Um, that I remind myself of. Let me see if I wrote it down. Bear with me here. Oh, yeah. Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. What's, what is that saying? It's saying oxen are work, but oxen have a purpose and are amazing at their purpose, but they produce a mess, and they produce things that maybe aren't desirable. So if you want a clean barn, don't put livestock in it. If you want a clean living room, don't put kids in it. If you want to live your life for yourself, don't have children. <laughs> because the moment your children are there, now you have a dr now your dream is that dream. It's like now you are taking care of a little human who is very smart, very strong for their size, <laughs> and has their own wants and desires and could care less about what you want. Honey, please go back to sleep. It's four in the morning. Ah! Like, please just lay back down. I'm hungry. Do whatever you want. Just go back to sleep, please. Kids are rewarding and tough. But God gives us for a purpose. 
there is a verse and, um, that, that has nothing to do with children, but I am totally going to take it out of context. Because like most pastors do, right? <laughs> the good ones take Bible verses completely out of context. Um, no, that's not a good... What am I saying? Um, uh, Galatians 6, 4 through 10. I believe I have it. Can you... Um, I believe I have it. Galatians 6... 4 through 10. Okay. Um, Galatians. I'm sorry if I said Ephesians. It's Galatians. We'll get there. We're going to get to this one. Okay. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Okay, let me repeat that. Go back, go back. Let's let's just ponder this one. Those who are taught the word of God, what's happening right now? Uh, the word of God is being taught, should be provided for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. What good things? Let me translate that for you, pie. Um, so you should share pie with me because we are teaching. The, what, what he's doing here is actually at the most of, this is kind of, if you think about it, m- uh, most of the letters that Paul writes, at the end he's asking for money. Their contribution letters, like the whole, like if you read the book of Romans, you can find deep theological truths that blow people's minds. Like the way that Paul talked, and then at the end he asked for money. (laughs) It's like, and then this give, and so uh, the end of Galatians. Galatians is almost uh, uh, is uh, you think of it as the warfare book, but then at the end he's actually asking for money. Uh, sharing all good things. Uh, if I ever have to renegotiate my, con- my contract my, uh, uh, as a pastor, what I would want to put in it is uh, lunch, like lunch needs to be included, good things. It doesn't have to be money, good things. I'm just joking. But anyway, so he's in the context of what he's actually talking about, he's actually trying to get money uh, for the ministry and for the poor. Um, that's one big thing that Paul always wanted to do was take care of orphans, widows, and the poor. And so he's actually, whenever he did his missionary work, he'd go preach and then he'd give money out. Um, and so this is what he's asking for here. Go to the next one. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Go to the next one. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful natures will harvest decay and death from what their sinful nature but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So there's a con. Uh, uh, there, he's giving a principle that relates to money, but I also believe it relates to life. Those who live only to satisfy, can you go back, please? 
those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death. Just, just don't go on to the next. Just, just leave it here. Uh, will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting from the Spirit. So it's, this is talking. This is the concept of sowing and reaping. What you plant, you're going to reap. If you plant good things, you, you reap good things. If you plant apples, you're going to reap apples. You're, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 and what's funny uh, about the apple is if you plant, like, apples, apples are one of the type of fruit, and so are, um, what, what's guacamole made out of? Avocado. When you plant their seed, you don't get what it's planted from. Uh, you, you can get like, you know, like I grew up with a crab apple tree. It's like, who would plant a crab apple tree? Uh, crab apples are disgusting. Some people you can make stuff out of. But uh, no, it wasn't, they didn't plant a crab apple tree. They took seeds of an apple tree and they wanted to get good apples from it. But what came out of it was a crab apple tree because the odds of you getting a, a, a good apple tree from seeds isn't always great. The same way with avocado. If you put, if you try to plant an avocado, the, I, just, I just read this, one in a thousand percent chance you'll get a good tasting avocado tree that produces good fruit. Um, it's the way the DNA works with it, it's randomized. So you're not, you don't always get good tasting fruit from it. Uh, so that is, I think, when, but for us, when you plant, when you sow good, uh, you sow what God is wanting you to do, you're going to reap from God good things. He's talking about here giving money. But it's a principle I think translates into our own life. For me, I want to be the best Christian. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best father. I want to be the best worker wherever I work at. I want, to, I want to be the best who I can be. And I think we need to realize that there, in that there's a sowing and a reaping in that. And let, let's specifically look at what that looks like in, um, with children. And so let's first open up to Ephesians. Let's go back to now Ephesians 6. And I think that sowing and reaping is kind of what's going, what he's talking about. When, when talking about Ephesians, a lot of times we think of, of spiritual warfare in chapter 6. But he starts out not talking about the armor of God. That's in verse 10. Ephesians 6, he starts out interesting. Right before this was the, the chapter where he talks about, um, for husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. So he just talked to husbands. Now he's going to talk to children. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is right Oh, this is the right thing to do. Um, 
Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. This, you're like, yeah, children, you need to obey me. Who is he teaching right here? He's teaching adults. Why is he telling the adults? Well, there might have been children around. But the society was different then. You didn't just move out of your house right away. You could be with a family. The Amish you that where I'm from, you know, they could have multiple families living on the same property uh, because then they're, they're, they're doing field stuff together. They're working together. Um, yes, he's talking to children. Uh, that were probably... Ephesians is a letter. All of Paul's letters are meant to be read at all at once, all together, one sitting. This taking three verses and, and that's it. That is not how it's designed. It was designed to read it. If you want to get the most out of reading a book, of the, like the epistles, the, the letters, read it all in one setting. And none of them really take that long. They're all, uh, and read it multiple times. But children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. So I don't think it's just talking about little kids. Little kids need to learn how to obey. They're not all born perfect like Jesus. <laughs> they have to be taught to obey. And, and fathers and parents do that. Um, if you're alive, you're probably a child. You are a child at one point. You're probably an adult now. Um, I think that realizing that your children, if you have children, they don't belong to you. Who do they belong to? To God. It says, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. So he's like, you're not just these people's kids. Because me, when I, grow, when I was growing up, yes, I thought my dad was cool for a brief moment of time. And then my mind switched to, um, I don't think my dad has it all together. To, to at one point, I'm like, my dad, I, I was so angry at my dad because I felt like abandoned by him. And like, and like my parents got divorced and a mess with me. And um, as an adult, I realized that he did the best he can. But parents aren't perfect. They make mistakes. But, but kids aren't perfect. And they see things in a way that aren't perfectly the situation. Uh, kids, if you were hurt by an adult as a child, go back through. Let God reveal truth to you. And he will heal you of those hurts. And it was a process for me to get rid of abandonment issues of my father because it really, it, it, it became a mark on me that maybe no one else could see, but I felt it. I felt this feeling that, that feeling my dad was working. And I'm like, and me being a sensitive kid, I'm like, why isn't my dad hanging out with me? You know, like, well, my dad was working three jobs to pay for things. He was a pastor, got paid very little for that. Then he worked at a radio station, got very little money for that. Then he worked at um, selling, com 
selling computer programs and stuff. Made a lot of money at sometimes, no money at other times. So we needed the other jobs. And so he was never around. And I felt like it was my fault. And then I didn't want it to be my fault, so I blamed him. Evil man. And yeah, my dad made some huge mistakes. He was kind of a selfish dude at times, but we all are at times. What I needed to do for my wholeness, you want to be whole, right? Is you don't make a hurt a part of your identity. You don't make the mistakes of others a brand of who you are. Because I walked around with, I was feeling like I'm not the kid good enough for my dad to love me. I'm not the kid good enough for him to spend time with me. I'm not the kid. I remember off the cuff uh, when I got my first job, I was saving almost every single paycheck. And I was like, my dad said, oh, you got a job, right? I was like, yep. And he helped me set up a bank account. I could, now looking back through healed eyes, I can see the good my father was doing. But I needed to be healed before I could see the good. Because I never could see the good because my heart was hurt. And I saw everything through hurt eyes. If someone's hurt, no matter if you're trying to love them, they're going to hurt you back. Hurt people hurt people. And all they can see is through the eyes of brokenness instead of eyes being healed by the love of Jesus. And so my dad opened up a bank account. How many people... You know, that's a good thing. There's so many people out there that their dad never opened up a bank account for them. My dad was trying to get me to do stuff. So I, I saved all of my cash in, that I was earning from this job. I, had, I wasn't making much, like 50 bucks a, a week or something. And, um, and I had like $500 in the bank. And he, and he made this off the comment cuff just joking with me. I was in high school. He's like, you probably spent it all, right? And for some reason, it was like a punch to the face that was like, you didn't think I can manage my money? And know what I did? I wore it, and I spent it all. Spent it on going to movies and, you know, going out to eat. Before, I was frugal. Now, oh, I am broken. So I acted broken. Those type of things, as you go through life, You need to bring it to Jesus, bring it to the cross, and ask Jesus to bring truth to your life. Why? Why truth? Because the truth will set you free. I think in the understanding of my dad was joking, you know, realizing my dad thought he was funny. He was not most of the time. He did not mean to be hurtful. And then the truth is, maybe I was oversensitive. I would never say anything bad about myself. We were all born not perfect. Sometimes we take on hurts that we cause ourselves. (laughs) And so I needed to be healed to be able to accept the type of love my father is trying to give me. Amen. And so, child, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. 
Your children belong to the Lord. Guess what? You belong to the Lord too. No matter how old my kids get, they're going to be my kids. No matter how old I get, I'm still my mom's baby boy. And she's still like, Mom, I'm going gray. Stop calling me your baby boy. She's like, my baby boy calls me. And it's like, come on, don't make a song out of it. It's not that cool. You know, she's just goofy. Um, and I love that about her. But, um, like, we're always going to belong to him. Because when you give your life to Jesus, you not only get your sins forgiven, but you get an Abba Father who loves you tremendously who loves you, who will never leave you or forsake you, who has a plan and a destiny for your life that is making a way for you where where maybe there is no way. I'm verse one in here, so I gotta make sure I don't preach forever. You know, and so I think the realization that we belong to the Lord helps change how we deal with authority. Children, you obey your parents. It doesn't qualify that as parents that are amazing. It doesn't qualify that. Um, Let's continue reading, and it kind of, in a way, talks about it. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with a promise. So verse 2, honor your father and your mother. So first, as a child, you obey your parents. That's sowing. You don't obey them because they're, they're good. You don't obey them because they're the smartest people. You don't obey them because they have it all together. When you're a kid, sometimes the process of obeying is sowing into the kingdom of God for you, for that training you for the ministry God has called you to. What am I saying here? And when I was uh, in high school, uh, my, uh, my youth pastor had a connection with this little-known band called Audio Adrenaline. Um, this was my favorite band ever at the time. It's the, uh, one of my favorite CDs from them uh, had this like, uh, guy with big um, like spiky hair, that was doing a headbang, and I thought it was the coolest city. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and and my, my youth pastor knew them. He knew them because they visited a similar college to him, and they knew him from college. And I was going to have the ability to be like their gopher, like ride around in the van with them, go get them stuff, hang out with the coolest people on the planet. And my dad, who loves music, music guy, loves all of that, asked me that day, before he knew what I was, had planned, can you clean your room today? It would really be amazing for uh, me and your stepmother. And I was like, oh, dad, of course. Um, a little bit of an issue here. I'm supposed to hang out with audio adrenaline. And, and I was like, Dad, and God put this in my heart. I don't think it was for me. Like, but if 
if you would want me to not hang out with the coolest people in the world that I really love and go downstairs and clean my room, choose that in a room that I live in the basement that's not very nice anyways, um, I will certainly do that. And, and he's like, he looked at me, and he's like, yeah, I would like you to do that. I'd like you to clean your room instead. I was like, okay. I will do that. What was that? That was planting a seed of obedience that when Jesus asks you to do something hard, you say yes. I think it's the same way with honoring your father and mother. Maybe you're you out past that age. Uh, to be honest, I feel like my dad knows the Lord. I feel like him saying yes pro- probably hurt his heart to tell me that. But I think God told him to have me stay home. Because when the time came for me to instead of stay in town and go to the technical college, um, which I wanted to do, I went all the way from Indiana, small town, more cows than people, to New York to go to school. I needed to have fortified inside of me the willingness to say, yes, I will do what you asked me to do, even though maybe my choice would have been something different. Amen? God gives us moments of just pure obedience to build a fortress of faith inside of us. That no matter what comes against this, this, uh, you know, you can trust Jesus. No matter if you see no benefit of yourself, you trust him. When, when, um, when God told me uh, many years later after college, well, in college, even God told me to come home and learn how to be a son to my father instead of going on to graduate school. I was like, okay, God, I'll do it. I cried a lot. Uh, I came back home, worked for my dad in his, as a volunteer in his church for three and a half years. And then God's like, you're done now. I was like, but I don't got a job. He's like, but you're done now. Seed of obedience builds that wall. So you, so you reap little obediences to authority. So when the big questions asked of you from God, you can reap a harvest. And so I quit, I, I quit the church. Um, and I just waited. And then I got a call randomly at a, I was doing worship practice. And some guy called me that I, I'd known in, in school, and it's been like four years since I, he's like, hey, I'm calling to see if you want to do a mission trip and we pay you. I was like, what? I don't have to pay. I get paid. I would have done it for free. I would have given you money. I was like, yeah, for the summer. Go work with um, Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. And at this point, it's, it's been a couple months. I had applied to a million churches, and none of them have responded. And I'm like, God, do you really want me to do ministry? Do you, like, everyone is, no one is like, you're the man. 
And then someplace I didn't even apply to. This is before you know, really Facebook was taken off or anything. This guy just randomly found my number, remembered that I loved Jesus in high school, and called me. He didn't know I went to Bible school. He knew nothing of that. Just called me. God urged him to call me. And while I was out there, I got a call from one of the, um, one of the applications I put in months and months, like six months beforehand, that from this little church called Believer's Fellowship Church in Minnesota that thought they were going to hire another Gerald, but that guy's dad had a heart attack, and he had to move to Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's like one of the towns close to me. And so I, so they called me while I was on my mission trip, Seeds of Obedience reaps a harvest. And I remember getting interviewed over the phone in Kadoka, South Dakota, on the Indian Reservation for a job to move up here. And I did. I moved up here in October of 2007. And so being obedient is important. A piece of obedience is honoring your father and your mother. Again, there's no qualifier there. Are they good people? Do they give 10% tithe to the church? Have they supported you? Have they been kind to you? It doesn't say that. It says honor. Why? I think you're sowing what you want to reap. You want to be, you want to have a, a life that has honor in it, you sow honor to other people. Even people that maybe don't deserve it. Not because of who they are, but because of who you are. You can honor people that are treating you badly. What's it say in the Bible? If someone sues you to walk a mile, you walk too. They sue for your overcoat, give them your undercoat too. You know, it talks about in the Bible, uh, you know, reap burning coals on, on the heads of your enemy. What, what's that mean? what that means is uh, if their fire goes out, you light their fire, um, like in their house. You know, like, pray for your enemies. Like, God is saying you honor people. He wants a culture of honoring people. Why would God want that? Because each and every one of you are created in the image of God. And we don't act it out all the time. And there's people that are, you know, just embroiled in sin and the ways of the devil, but they still were made in the image of God. And that person is someone that God loves. We don't dishonor people because of their actions. We honor them because of we're children of God. We treat everyone with honor. So specifically talking about honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on earth. Why do you think you would have a long life on earth if you honor your father and your mother? Because you reap what you sow. You can't mistreat someone that you're honoring. <laughs> Those are opposites. You can't mistreat 
your family if you're, you're constantly honoring them and, and treating them with respect, treating them with love, treating them the way that you would want to be treated. It's two different things. You know what, why people, while heart attacks are going up and, and people are so anxious and people are so, there's depression that, that's so huge out there, um, it's because we're in a world that's full of stress. We're in a world that's full of, of people that, we're in a, like a doggy dog world where if you're working for a place and you're not doing great, maybe half the time they'll just fire you without even figuring out what's wrong. You know, we're always striving. And, you know, we have friends and and people in our lives that uh, while you're doing good things for them, they love you. But the moment you can't do what they want you to do, they shut you out of their life because you, you don't have something good to give them. We're full of that type of society. But that's not the society God wants us to build. He wants us to build a society and a culture where we honor people with love, dignity, and respect, no matter who they are. And it starts in the family. When when you're honoring your father and your mother, you're planting seeds of what you want. And And it goes on. I think it starts with children obey your parents, not because they're good, but because you belong to God. And then it moves on to honoring your father and your mother that probably you're out of the house why because you belong to him you're honoring them not because of who they are and then it goes on and says fathers do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them that is why Because when you provoke to anger, you're not honoring them, number one. If you want them to treat you with honor, you plant seeds of honor. It goes on to say, I'm going to break that down just a little bit more. But it says, rather bring them up with discipline and with instructions that comes from the Lord. So I've noticed that my son... talks like I talk. The words, that, how he says words even, sound like how I say words. And sometimes I'll hear him say a word, I'm like, that's annoying. And then I'll catch myself saying it the exact same way. I'm like, oh no, it's me, I'm annoying. <laughs> Richard. I think more is caught than taught a lot of times with kids. If they see you being disrespectful instead of honoring, what are they getting what are they learning from that from your actions? If they see you dishonoring, maybe in when you're in front of people you're very honorable, but then behind closed doors they see you dishonor people. What are you teaching them? You're, you're not only sowing for your life, but you're sowing into your kids by how, you, how we act. I would say, even if you don't have kids, you're sowing 
you can sow into people around you by how you act. Fathers, do not provoke your child to anger, but treat them. But by the way you treat them. A father would never provoke their child. What does that mean? Well, having kids is hard. (laughs) The difference between discipline and punishment is this. Punishment is just something you're given because you did something wrong. So something bad. So like a punishment would be go sit in dirt. (laughs) Discipline is when what you're giving them, whatever type of punishment you're giving them is meant to build them up for future. If I want honesty in my children, I teach them about honesty and then I discipline them when they're not honest. Not because, oh, you broke a rule. Now I need to get my pound of flesh from you. Go do all of my laundry. You know, maybe there's some subtle, like, oh, I better be truthful with dad or. Uh, But I think the difference is when you punish, kids don't want to be caught doing it. They don't learn. They learn how to hide. When you discipline, it trains them to be truthful. And that, you know, I kind of wonder about our, even our, like, justice system and how we dole out justice. Are we just punishing people? When they come out, they haven't changed at all. They just were moved from one horrible situation to a locked-up horrible situation, and they come out worse than what they came in. The people that come out good are the ones who find Jesus half the time, you know. Uh, or, or they have a, uh, this sense of, I never want to get caught again, so I better hide myself from the world. Sometimes people are riding under punishment systems from their family, because their family was trying to get them not to do an object. Like, don't, don't do this action. Don't do this action. So instead of training them how not to, they train them to hide from people seeing that action. One thing that I do that, um, with my kids, I'm not saying that everyone has to do this, but I'm trying to live out what I'm, what I'm saying here. It, that I absolutely, it, like, ugh. I tell my kids, if they're honest with me, they won't get in trouble. Ooh. Why do I say that? I'd rather have a conversation with them for a half hour. (laughs) Because I am definitely going to talk to them about their decision than to have them all lie and say the other one did it. And then they learn how to be good liars versus how to be good people. So be like, okay, who made this giant mess in the living room that now is going to take me and mom forever to clean? I didn't do it. I wasn't there. I have no clue what you're talking about. I was in space at the time, you know. (laughs) It's like there's no possible way for me to have done it. I'm like, 
She, and then one person's like, he did it. I'm like, no, she did it. I saw her do it, and she did it to me, too. I was horrible. It was horrible. They're horrible people. We need to call the police. <laughs> like, the lies get bigger and bigger. I'm like, you tell me the truth, and you're not going to get in trouble. And then, okay, yeah, I did it. She did nothing. <laughs> oh, that was a lie. It's like, okay, I want you to be honest because... You, you're a woman of God. You're a man of God. And men of God act like this. They don't act like this. When you act like this, you're not acting like a man of God. But you are a man of God, so you can't act like this. This isn't who you are, right? You belong to God. We can take out our frustrations on the people around us. But that only tears down. And we want to be people of honor that build up instead of tear down. When you discipline as an employer or as a parent, you discipline to build into people the ability to do what you need them to do and to be who they need to be. And that's what's important here. At the end, rather bring them up with discipline in structure that comes from the Lord. We're not perfect. We mess up. You have to talk to the Lord on a daily basis. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? For the hundredth time, they did this every day. I tell them not to. They did it again. Gonna have to cut off a leg now. <laughs> Make them stop. No. No. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, what should I do? That's why being a man of God when you're a father is important. Because, or a mother, you need the Holy Spirit. Because if you're just relying on your flesh, you're going to take a pound of flesh. You need to know what to do. Same way with people in your life. If someone offends you, don't expect them to go ask you for forgiveness. Maturity is the ability to be unoffendable. A portion of maturity is to be able to, someone says something horrible to you, you automatically forgiven. Why? Because I belong to God. Who I am is God's. He describes me. He takes care of me. And if you live a life like that, there's nothing anyone can say, nothing anyone can do that, will t that can affect your point of view. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I don't get offended. Of course I do. But I got to take it back to Jesus and be like, Jesus, they said this about me, but what do you say? And you combat someone else's hurt with the truth and love of Jesus to wash it off of you. There's hurting people out there. Remember I said hurting people hurt people? And their hurt washes over everyone around them. And to stop that, you need to be people of honor who doesn't take part in their hurt. You honor them no matter what, how they're acting. You apologize if you don't act with honor. And then when you're hurt, you go to God. You don't strike out at people. Okay. Rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's a, a Bible verse that in, uh, when I was a kid, I did not think my dad was a great preacher. 
Um, <laughs> sorry. And so I would look at the wall. I'd be like phasing out. And my dad would be preaching passionate sermons about Jesus. And I'd be like, oh, when's he going to be done? Some of you may be thinking that. And um, you guys are jerks. I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> just joking. Uh, please don't take that. Um, but like, I would be just phasing out. And there was one scripture on a flag. And this is the only one I remember. It said, it said, raise up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Uh, did I put a, I didn't put a version on there. The, the NLT is different. The New Living Translation, what I normally read out of, um, is different than, than the good old New King James, or King James, I'm not sure. It's Proverbs 22.6. And it, uh, it says, direct your child uh, unto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. What, what does that mean? Okay, you keep treating your, your children, people you're in authority over with honor and respect, and you sow into them honor and respect into their lives by treating them honorable and respectful and, 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 and helping them grow as individuals and as little kids. Uh, and then when they're older, that doesn't mean they're not going to fall away at times. I don't think this is what that verse means. Think of the prodigal son. You know the story? Where one day the prodigal son decides he wants to leave the farm. Did the father do anything wrong? No. The father had a, had a great farm for him to work at. You know, he wasn't, he helped, he could be in charge of things. He was probably trained how to farm and how to lead a farm. And, but he decided he wanted an inheritance now. It's like, my father is dead to me. I'd rather have his money than his relationship. That's what that means, right? And he took it and he went and he partied it away. He squandered it away. And then he was working for pigs, and he'd rather eat the, which is a horrible thing uh, for the Jews. They, uh, very unclean animal. Uh, and he would rather eat what the pigs were eating. He was starving to death. Right? And so what do you think brought him back? Was it the, the spankings he got? <laughs> was it the, the lectures he had? It was remembering how honorable he his father treated his servants. Like, even the servants are treated better than I am. I will crawl back to my father just to ask to be a servant. Because in that story, the father treated even his servants with honor. And he remembered that. If our children fall away, I even think about the kids I minister to. If they fall away, I know that I've invested in them the Holy Spirit. I've invested in them love. I invested in treating them with honor instead of, you know, instead of treating them like, you've got to follow me just because I'm the adult. Which they should because I'm the adult, but it's <laughs> not how it works. But I invest in them what I want to reap later. People who, tr who love Jesus and are people that treat others with honor. 
And that's what he remembered when he was in the hardest parts of our lives. So if we do that with our kids, we treat them with honor and we teach them how much God loves them and we instruct them, even if they walk away, they'll remember what you've invested in them and, and, and go towards the things of God. Amen? Well, I know this was directed more at parents, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that within here, people have, were able to find nuggets of truth that they could apply to their own lives as well. Um, and so I, I just want to thank you all for being here. And, and I want to I say, I, why don't we take a moment, and I just want to pray for you all before I release you. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, that you're a God who wants, who continually teaches us to treat people with respect, treat people with honor, not because they're, the other people around us are honorable, but because, you're, because of who you are, because of who we are. We obey parents. We treat, we treat, our, our, we treat our parents with honor and respect. We treat others with love and compassion. Not because they deserve it, but because, because we belong to you. Lord, I just ask that you grow in us even, you grow in us the ability to show honor, even when it's tough, Lord. Lord, help us to sow in other people's lives honor so that we can reap the harvest. Lord, I thank you that you're a God who loves us. You're an Abba Father that took us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light because you love us. We just thank you, Lord. And everyone here, Lord, I just ask you bless them this week. Lord, show them how even in the midst of hardship, you showed them love and you showed them grace. Even even in the times where they were hurt and their heart was breaking, you were there, Lord. Show them that. Lord, I ask the healing comes, healing to our mind, healing to our body, healing to our soul, Lord. I just ask that your healing will come in and where we've been hurt in the past, Lord, and we've put that on us, Lord, I ask that we're able to throw that down so that we can say we belong to you. Others, people other people's opinions don't even matter compared to the knowledge of you and of knowing you. We just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you all for coming. Have a great day. Uh, if there's any donuts left over, make sure you take one. And I'm sure even uh, if there's someone at home or someone you know on the way, take one for, take one for them too. God bless you all. Remember, there's a sign-up sheet for the Red Hawks game. And if you, for some reason, can't afford it, don't worry about it. Just let us know. Okay. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Happy Father's Day.